13 years. Oh, I got it right this time. You are a jerk. <laughs> I usually get it right. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Geek Chew. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And this week we're going to be talking about a couple movies. Pitch Perfect 2, Mad Max, Fury Road. Uh, we saw both the last couple weeks. Summer movies have kicked off. And we're also just going to talk about some of our favorite podcasts. and Stuff. Stuff, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm still basking in the in the glow of our victory yesterday. What victory? With, <laughs> uh, our son Jacob, we got him to eat a whole wheat English muffin, which yes, yes, that's a big deal. He's 11, but so it might not be that big a deal <laughs> just on the surface. But you know, if you knew that he was on the moderate to severe end of the autistic spectrum, it's it's a, it's a huge deal to us. So. It is a huge deal, and he ate. French toast this morning. Yeah. Which he's always eaten, but like, you know. And we gave him a piece of candy yesterday, and he was like, nice. <laughs> it was all very cute. Yeah. Yesterday was a good day with Jake. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What else? What do you got going on? Um, I don't know. You know, this week was full of work. I'm changing positions at work, which is exciting. So I'll start that day after tomorrow as we're recording this anyway. And um, I had a few days off middle of the week where I got to just hang out and watch some things and read some things. And it's always nice. So I watched like the worst Dracula movie ever, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think that was like rated pretty well, right? Like overall, I don't see how it could possibly be. It but was it might so have been. ridiculous. It and was bad. I caught the tail end when I came home from work, and whew. yeah, it was so like laughably funny. I guess in that way, I did enjoy it. That I was just like, "What am I watching?" But yeah, not super like the book. Interestingly enough, that they call it Bram Stoker's. Like specifically, Bram Stoker's <laughs> this Dracula, is that Dracula, and it's totally not. So yeah. they give him a whole backstory that is not at all similar. I haven't existent. read it. Existent. It doesn't to, exist. Doesn't I started it? reading Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I made it about three pages in, and I was like, "Wow, this is not as exciting as I thought it would be." So. Yeah. Or even easy to read, so... No, yeah, it's... I mean, I wouldn't say it's easy to read unless you're very practiced on reading, you know, gothic British literature from that time period. One of my weak spots. <laughs> so, I mean... Well, we went to the, um, the Art of Shaving also, I thought. This week. Oh, that was a good experience. Yeah, it was cool, because, you know, I've been toying around with my shaving practices and moved from the Gillette, you know, cartridge stuff to the safety razor. And it's been kind of a bumpy transition, even though I've heard great things about it, but they have, a, I guess, a couple of those stores in the area. 
and uh, it was nice because I have to shave every day for work, obviously, and um, it's just not, uh, it's not been a smooth transition, but I'm hoping we can find a happy, happy medium, but I like the store, it was very nice, and uh, you smell nice, very expensive, <laughs> not that you didn't smell nice before, but the stuff that you got smells really good, yeah, the sandalwood stuff smells, yeah. it's a new smell. I like it. I don't take to new smells too well, but this one is good. Yeah, I dig it. It's good. Um, do you want to start with the movies first? Um, yeah, why not? I think that's probably a good place to start. Okay. Well, Pitch Perfect came out. Well, I guess they both came out last week. Um, oh, yeah, same weekend, I think. Right? But we saw Pitch Perfect first. And then yesterday. Yeah. So, man, and so one of the dangers of going to a movie theater that serves beer is, you know, uh, consuming too many beers, but especially when they screw up your order and just keep bringing you beers instead of the stuff you ordered. And you're like, well, I might as well drink this, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, it was, it was still good. You know, it was, um, obviously, uh, something we were both looking for, not obviously, but we were both looking forward to it. Because right. we really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, that's an easy like, background movie to put on too, like for just at home and. And so we like, have the soundtrack, even though we've yeah, listened, listened to a bunch of time. Yeah, I listen to the soundtrack all the time. Just if there's you know nothing else I can think of to listen to, that's sort of like my default sound, you know. Yeah. So any, I mean, it's it's basically the same movie. You know, it's this yeah. group of acapella girls. You know come together and have to face these challenges while singing these mashup tunes of acapella. Uh, but still, it was, it was very funny. And enjoyable. I mean, like, it was the entertaining. music is good, too. It yeah. made me smile. Like, I really just smiled the whole movie. Yeah. Like, giant, stupid grin on my face. Just because it... Um, it's just one of those things that, like, just you can't help but be, like, cheerful while watching it and just... Yeah, it is just, it's a cheerful movie. Yeah. Even their trials and tribulations are just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. plot devices to get to more music, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and humor. I mean, it is, a, it's a really funny movie. Um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say it's an improvement on the first one or that it does anything, like, special or different. It's not, like, some sort of cinematic masterpiece. I do really like the new team competitor. I think that was the cat in the dryer. I mean, not in the dryer. I didn't put her in the dryer. <laughs> she will end up on the dryer. Possibly. I guess we'll find out if she's alive later. <laughs> um, why don't I go check? She's being a little loud. Yeah. So now that the cat is done making noise in the laundry room, which is behind me, can get back to the movie discussion. Um, I think I like the music better, I think, in this one. I think it was more enjoyable. I liked the, um, like in the first movie, most of the, the music was either like the all guys group or the all-girls group, which obviously at the end, like, they did some fun little things with the story to so they could have some of those, like, deeper tones, and that obviously wasn't the girls, like, singing that deep. But anyway, 
Um, but I like that their main competition is like this huge group of German super awesome acapella champions, like the world champions and like, um, you know, I don't know. I like what they do a lot. Obviously you can do more the larger group is, but so just it super fun. I like the little thing that they add at the end with the, you know, with, with the Bella's group for that final competition. They, you know, little surprise ending. Oh yeah. I didn't really enjoy that part as much. No, no. I thought it was cute. Yeah. I like the, uh, that they worked in another, I don't know what they call like the acapella sing off kind of a riff off a riff off. Yeah. And the group of, Football players, yeah. Green Bay. <laughs> Clay Matthews and the Green Bay Packers all singing uh, in their own group. I thought it was it was just really funny. It was funny, and I liked the cameos in the movie, and you know that was fun. Yeah. So, I don't know. You ready to move? I mean, there's not a whole lot of depth or anything to this movie. Right. So. It was just entertainment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was, and, it was very good. Yeah, very enjoyable. I'm sure that we will. Watch it a plenty when it comes out on video. Tegan will want to see it too. Yeah. Courtney likes musical stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All our kids like it, so yeah, we'll definitely probably own that and watch it several times. Definitely, probably. Definitely, probably. Yeah. And uh, last night we went and saw Mad Max Fury Road, which is quite a bit different. Yeah. And pretty awesome. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know what to think going into it because um, really the only like, I don't read a lot of reviews about movies, and I usually only listen to reviews about movies that I've already watched um, or something. But, you know, one that I listen to on a podcast is actually um, Slate's Pop Culture Gab Fest. They didn't like it, like, none of them, which is, you know, they don't usually all three of the hosts on that show um, don't always agree on, you know, how they feel about a film or whatever it is that they're speaking about. But, um, you know, they did note that like their opinion was, you know, different from the wide, you know, majority of other, you know, critical opinions out there. Um, yeah, I didn't read any reviews either, but I just saw a whole bunch of tweets, you know, from random people just singing its praises and um i mean it was it was it was really good it's uh just this very uh kinetic action like through the whole movie Mm -hmm. now like i guess it's kind of come to symbolize almost like a pushback against the excessive sometimes cgi of the action movie right because he did all those like uh, like analog or whatever you call it. Yeah, they're like practical. Practical effects. Yeah, yeah. practical effects. And um, you know, it's it, it is. It's really fun to watch. It makes it, I think, a little more intense. I think, like, I mean, I guess when I was thinking of like excessive CGI movies, the thing that that really pops to mind first and foremost is like the star Wars stuff, like mm-hmm. um, where it's almost not almost, I mean, it just looks so ridiculous 
all the, all the CGI in there, and they've actually um, scaled way back for the new stuff. But, yeah, which will be interesting to see the difference. Yeah, a lot more practical stuff, and even the new Star Wars movies is kind of a reaction to that. And I think a lot of people, I get the impression that a lot of people are happy about um, kind of the swing back in the other direction, mm -hmm. and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how much that changes across the board instead of just a movie here or there. Right. Um, I mean, I think, um, you know, there's a lot to be said about CGI and trying to do new things and like inventing new, new technology and, you know, just, um, like that's great. But then, you know, you do get into the, like, the overuse of that kind of stuff. Um, so I think it would be really good to have like a, a, a nice balance of, you know, here's where the CGI is really gonna, you know, make things great, but it's not just like our actors standing in front of green screen or whatever, or to put in like different effects, especially things that like with a little bit of planning and thought, you know, you can do or I mean that that's part of what makes you know some movies really interesting especially like old Hitchcock stuff where he was trying new things and like how like trying to just be really innovative in order to get the kind of scenes that he wanted to film or in the kind of things that he wanted to do um you know I'm I never really have a problem with CGI stuff but it is really um it's really impressive to watch a scene that you know like has been choreographed and timed and like people are being risky and um you know using their skill as a whole team as opposed to like a computer team so yeah i mean i think when it's overdone it can just no matter what kind of movie it is even if it's a fantasy sci-fi kind of thing it's like it can just take you right out of the experience that you're having in that movie. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, it's really awesome and awe inspiring sometimes to see what, what people can do with CGI, but like with gravity, for example. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's not like this fantastic cinematic achievement. It's just kind of, it's almost, been vaulted into this kind of classic action movie status already, which I think it's not undeserved. Right. You know, we haven't seen any of the other Mad Max movies and I don't really have any desire to see them, but this one was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I like the story of this one. I like the actors in this one. I feel like they did a good job. Yeah, um, for sure. I do think that there's a little bit of, um, interest is something that I noticed and was mentioned on uh, Culture Gap Fest that I, you know, when they were talking about this, about how, you know, it's it's sort of, you know, portrayed as this like feminist movie with these women, um, you know, Charlize Theron, the main character is like the driving force and like the main, you know, I know it's Mad Max, but like she really takes on like a major role and um, Imperator Furiosa, 
I guess is her name. And, you know, she's liberating this harem of women, but they're all like gorgeous, supermodely women. And so I was interested to see that because their argument on um, Culture Gab Fest was, you know, like, why, why not like the regular looking people? Like, why is it, you know, the, but you know, like, why is it the, the gorgeous, beautiful supermodel wives? And I mean, I well, think clearly if you were it's the because all person yes. of a civilization, and you're trying those be the people you exactly. Took? And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that was my thought too. It was like, Oh, how, you know, like, how am I going to see that argument? And that, and I just, I sort of don't see it. Like, obviously they're chosen because of their, physical perfection in, in the immortal's desire to breed like healthy viable heirs you know like obviously that's who he's going to pick and you know uh, so I didn't see that as like um, valid criticism yeah almost. I really didn't and mm. you know and it's not like they just like hung around on screen looking pretty you know they all you they know, all they're... pitched in they all played played a role they all had you know i mean whether it was smaller or larger um i felt i felt like they were all necessary and that right. it wasn't like weird that they were you know like the gorgeous ones overall the the whole story was mostly about you know this crazy world of violence and what's the word I'm coming trying to not like prisoneriness but because <laughs> that's not a real word but um oppression that's what I'm looking for um I like prisoneriness yeah you know it is a good word but anyway you know and I so I think that like well, the side storyline with like one of the war boys and and all that. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was good. I found it entertaining. I did not find it boring, as I heard someone else say on a review that I heard. I don't know how anyone could find it boring. Yeah. No, it was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that. Like they didn't get to a certain point, and you were like, and now it's over, and everyone's happy, and it's a happy ending. It wasn't like a I mean, it was a, a good ending, but it wasn't like a, and they all lived happily ever after ending, you know, like they were still going to be work to do, which I liked. Yeah. Yeah. I could watch it again. Is there anything else you want to say about movies? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, they're not very deep movies, I guess, but they were both very entertaining. I mean, they're summer I mean, it's movies. the beginning of the... You know, summer movie season, so. Yeah. So we'll just move on and, and talk about um, podcasts, some of our favorites, and um, you know, get into, I guess, more like just general discussion about podcasting, maybe a little bit, but I was more interested in, you know, uh, seeing what your favorite favorites were and, and how you even narrowed them down. Cause oh. <laughs> like I, we, we decided to just kind of settle on just pick two just to kind of keep within some time constraint. But I mean, like I have so, so many that I, 
listen to and they're all kind of varied subjects and so how did you how did you whittle yours down i didn't whittle it down i wrote an entire list and nothing got crossed off so i was just going to figure out that maybe i could just pick a couple that i felt in the moment (laughs) you know okay so which one (laughs) which ones are you feeling in this moment um i guess the one that i am most excited to listen to on a weekly basis that's pretty much what i did like when when it pops up i'm like great (laughs) yeah um is i guess the number one is pop culture happy hour i really Mm -hmm. like um you know that's an npr podcast um, yeah, NPR is really kind of uh, huge in the podcast game. It seems like. Yeah, <laughs> I I, mean, I think so. So Slate, but which has that panoply network now. But um, I guess I just really like the dynamic with the people, Linda Holmes and Glenn Weldon and Stephen Thompson. Thompson. Those and are the three like main, and they yeah kind of, because they had. Um, someone else before who left the podcast and now that's just like sort of a rotating slot that gets filled in with other NPR contributors. Um, and I kind of like that it does that because, uh, you see the, you know, like you get to know some of the people, but you also get to hear like a little bit of a different voice depending on what they're talking about, which is cool. But, um, I feel like they all speak really intelligently which is something that I strive to do. <laughs> but, you know, there's something about get, getting behind this microphone that makes me um, n- nervous or anxious. And so it's not always, it doesn't always feel very natural, but I'd like to get to that point to where I can just have a discussion with you where I, you know, can come up with intelligent things to say other than it was fun and it was smart and I liked it, you know. Yeah. Um so, you know. Man, is that what we just said about those movies? Probably, I feel like it I mean, is. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, that's maybe that's what we should rename our podcast. <laughs> yeah, it it was, was fun. It was smart. I liked it. Um, it's not a bad tagline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I respect the opinions of the people on on pop culture happy hour uh, not that i always agree with them but you know they usually have some good stuff to back up what they're saying they have good i feel like varied opinions from different backgrounds and different interests and um they're always talking about something that's new and relevant um and i find myself laughing when i listen to them talking like one of them probably annoys me a little bit sometimes but for the most part he's all right and you know, um, but uh, I like their segment at the end, what's making them happy this week. It's like probably, you know, my favorite because you get like a real personal, like little recommendation and it opens up things for me to check out and look into. So uh, I guess that would be, I guess that's my number one. I mean, like if it's my current favorite, that's my long-term favorite. Like, yeah. I have, my current favorite is Watch the Thrones. Like, I just am waiting for that to come out. 
every week. But yeah, yeah, because like all I want to do is watch and think about and talk about Game of Thrones. But you know, that's not like a long term thing. Right. So. So I guess I'll go with mine next. Like Mm -hmm. one of mine. But, um, so this is not my overall favorite, but probably second on the list would be Lexicon Valley, which, you know, that's on my Slate, list too. Slate puts out. Um, but I really like, uh, I mean, it's a podcast about language basically. And it's uh, hosted by Bob Garfield and Mike Volo. And again, they just, you know, they talk really intelligently about, you know, their subject and they're, they're pretty funny together, just, uh, the way they interact. And sometimes they have guests and sometimes they don't, we just listen to one. I don't know. I mean, we're not like obsessed with game of Thrones, but the last episode (laughs) that came out was the guy who came up with the Dothraki language from game of Thrones and a, a few others, but, um, it was really interesting. And I really like, um, I like being in at the, like the ground level. I like being a first adopter of like a podcast where you can, cause we pretty much started listening right to at that, the right. beginning. It was, it was like, like right when we started listening to podcasts and, and right as they were starting, we got right in and uh, I think they really just, they hooked me with, it was one of their early episodes about the Gettysburg address. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's it's interesting how intricately they dig into um, just language and certain topics. And yeah, it's many facets. It's just really good. It is good. Um, and you know, we were talking about it earlier today. And uh, I I like Bob Garfield. I mean, I know he does a bunch of other things, um, but he has this way of asking questions where you know it's what sort of everyone's thinking but you can't really ask it because like i said you know it's like sort of the asshole question like you know but he has a good way of making it come across as just sort of like you know we're all thinking this and i'm not being a jerk about it but like but this um so I, I like that. I mean, that takes skill and um, planning, I get I don't know, or just practice and intelligence and um, and uh, compassion I get, or understanding like emotional intelligence or whatever, you know, how to communicate with people and understand people like just to be able to do that is very impressive anyway. Yeah, it's um, one of those things about like this podcast and pop culture happy hour. I mean, everything they say sounds so well thought out that it almost sounds like everything is planned and scripted. And obviously it's not because then it wouldn't sound the way it's. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, there's gotta be a lot of prep involved anyway. Well, but not in the case of lexicon Valley. Like I feel like it's sort of just been said that Bob Garfield shows up for the podcast, does his thing. I mean, that's just, you know, maybe years of... Oh, yeah. Of, I mean, he's a radio guy anyway, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, um, you know, what's that Malcolm Gladwell book? The one with all the 
practice hours, like 10,000 hours of, I don't know, I've read so many of those that like now I, I can't, is it in blank? No, it's not blank. It's um, the tipping point one. No, also not tipping point. <laughs> it's like his most famous book. Yeah, I can't think of the um, name. Outliers. Durr. Here we go. It is. <laughs> Nailed it. So. So anyway, you know, I think, uh, I think it just comes from like practice and doing it and understanding, you know, the interviewing process and the question asking process and the thinking process just in general. So that's something I definitely, you know, strive to get better at. So we go along. I think it would make things more interesting to have a third person to talk to every once in a while, not necessarily all the time, but you know, like just a, another set of ideas. Yeah. That was another um, thing we had just talked about recently. Cause one of the, this isn't, this isn't one of my top two. But one of my uh, new favorite podcasts is the Indoor Kids, um, which is you know Kamal Nanjiani and his wife Erica, Emily, Emily, Emily V. Gordon, I think is uh, her name. But um, just the way they're able to converse on their podcast is is very natural. Um, but they also, it seems from what I've listened to so far they have a guest every week and it really does add, I think to probably any podcast just to have that third person to yeah, sort of extra dimension. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like the way we talk to each other and converse on this podcast is not, it's, it's obviously not how we talk to each other in real life when we're just sitting around talking about stuff we've done or stuff we liked or stuff we're, yeah. Gonna get into. I think we're getting a little bit better on that. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's just like a, it's sort of a weird thing to like sit right. here and know that like somebody could potentially be listening to our thoughts and conversation and, you know, it all goes into, to how we speak and how, how we organize the words that are coming out of our mouths. It's, yeah. it's just a, it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I mean, I do want, I want to get better at it and it's fun I think that's my main goal. I don't necessarily need right. to Right. I mean, clearly like... we're just doing this for ourselves, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess if we look at it from that point of view, it'll be easier to get comfortable. But, um... So what was your second one? I don't know. I think I'm going to go with... <sighs> nerdist? Or Stuff You Should Know? Or a Nerdist? Listen, let's say Nerdist. Okay, I like them both equally, probably, because they're ones that, like, I think they both come out twice a week, actually. I thought Nerdist was three times, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I don't know if they always come out with a third one I think typically week. they do, though. Okay, so anyway, they're multiple week, so there's, like, I feel like there's always, like, a back catalog that I can go to when there's something else more current that I, you know, or there isn't something else more current for me to be you know, like excited about. Um, they talk about stuff most of the time that isn't time sensitive or dated material, um, especially because while Nerdist will interview a lot of people who are out promoting current projects, the interview is almost never about their current project so much as about... Right, just kind of peppered in there. Yeah, I mean, obviously it comes up because that's why they're out there, you know, doing their promotional tour stuff. Uh, but... A lot of it is 
just Chris Hardwick trying to like get to know and understand people and have like a good conversation, which I really like. And that's what really draws me in. Um, like I even like, I mean, I know they're a lot more popular with other people than they are with me, but they're hostful podcasts where it's just the, the hosts talking to each other and joking around, but they're not like really talking about anything in particular, or whatever. They're just sort of bantering back and forth. And yeah, I always skip those ones. I know that yeah. you do. Um, but what gets enjoyable is that, you know, after listening to so many of the interview podcasts and so many of, you know, I mean, they're all intros and a couple of the, hostfuls here and there like you sort of feel like you're you're in the room with these these like people that you know that you're getting to know and you just sort of get to be a part of their like fun and like watching that just kind of riding along with it even though you don't get to participate but you know just the observer or whatever but um i don't know it just it just sort of feels like friendship almost you know um yeah that that's like how how i feel when i listen to my my number one i don't want to cut you off before you're done and get to mine but i mean that's i have that same feeling as i'm listening to the um took actually quite a few podcasts but this one just it it sounds like the most fun to me if you know to be in that room with these people but right where they're just laughing and having a good time with each other yeah you know um so i think that's probably why nerdist is probably one of my favorites you know um, i know that chris hardwick does a lot of different things to sort of make his guest feel a little bit on edge you know you learn these things over time over listening to the podcast um, pick up here and there. And if you're paying attention, you, you kind of get to see like different phases in people's lives and, um, you know, and you get to, to find out just like tidbits of information, like you're getting to know these people, you know, like I know that, um, you know, there's Kyle in the background who like takes notes the whole time. I think that's really like partly to like make the guest uncomfortable. I know that like Chris Hardwick says, you know, oh, it's, you know, he just writes down everything that I say in case I need to go back and, you know, because um, there's like some good material in there or whatever. But I think it's because like it's a little unsettling if you walk into a room to do an interview and there's someone scratching away notes and writing down everything you say, even though it's like rec- recording, you know, um, you know, I mean, a lot of the guests come in and they're like, you know, that like we're recording this, right? You, sh- you don't have to like write everything I say down. You know, but, um, and that Chris Hardwick purposely sits in a chair that's higher than the guest's chair. (laughs) Um, they don't tell people that they've started recording. They just like have it recording as the guests walking into the room and they're like, oh, are we recording? You know, like it's, it's just sort of like an unnerving experience get, you know, which helps to get the guests to like sort of maybe open up a little bit more, um, just not to feel quite so composed and then you get more natural conversation. I like that. And then you can definitely tell there was like a phase in Chris Hardwick's life where he had just gotten a puppy because like all of his analogies were like, it's like a puppy (laughs) (laughs) because puppies do this. Like they were all different. Like, but there was a period of time where every conversation he had with a guest, it seemed like he was comparing something that they were talking to you're talking about as like something with like how it relates to having a puppy. (laughs) 
it's just, you know, it's just neat to like, and then you feel like you have, like you're a part of some secret because you picked up on like those little bits of information. So I don't know. I'm done with the nerd talking about the nerdist though, but I like it. <laughs> it's a, you know, I know you listen to it too. I don't really listen to your number one. Yeah. I have listened to it. I don't yeah, feel like I'm friends with those guys yet though. No, it's, you know, I mean, my, my favorite podcast is tell them Steve Dave. Um, with uh, Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson, and Brian Quinn are the the main the three main players, I guess, for the podcast. But um, you know, I can see how you jumping in on an episode here or there, you could just kind of listen to it and be like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." But going back to it, like, I wasn't a first adopter of Tell Him Steve Dave because it started uh, like ago. five years ago, um, but I did go back and listen to, you know, their whole library from episode one to, to the current from whatever, from whenever I started. And so I've, I've got all this background cause they really have kind of built this whole, um, universe in their, you know, tell them Steve Dave town with all these, um, this backstories about, you know, old episodes. They have a bunch of throwback stuff where they reference older episodes and, making hay and um it's a lot different i think than 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 most other podcasts that i listen to in that it really is just those three friends um getting together every week to to kind of um talk about stuff and you know they've been friends for you know in some cases decades um and they all kind of tie into the I guess what used to be the VSQ universe with Kevin Smith, you know, I listen to a lot of Kevin Smith podcasts too, but, um, this is the one I always, you know, get most excited about when there's a new episode. Um, and just the fact that they've kind of, they started off as, uh, just something to do to kind of help each other out and built it up basically into, um, these TV shows, comic book men. And, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just their, their dynamic is just really, really entertaining for me. I I find them really funny (laughs) and I I like all the stuff they do. Um, one of the things about, I think podcasts is, um, you know, the ability to, to be creative with the medium. Um, and, you know, they have such a huge base now that they've been doing it for so long and have all these fans and, um, they really just keep trying to find new and creative ways to, um, Stay to reach out to the ants, they call, you know, <laughs> the, the, the tell them Steve, Dave, ant army, um, with, you know, whether it's the cryptozoic man comic they did, you know, about, and they tied that into their, their TV show where uh, they did a Kickstarter for Claymation. But, um, yeah, I don't... Like, what percentage of people would you say really even know what a podcast is? I'm curious, because there's such a huge part of I feel like every life. person that I talk to and I say something about podcasts, I still get 
overwhelming numbers of people that say, what's a podcast? Yeah. I have no but idea what you're talking no about. Idea. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand you. <laughs> you know, like, like I get like that not being something that people are really into as far as, you know, how like a lot of people would just rather listen to music or watch TV or whatever. But, you know, so it's not like a form of, you know, every form of entertainment isn't for everyone. But, like, I just don't understand not knowing what a podcast is. Yeah. That's so weird to me. Or even how to get one. Like, there's the the new podcast we started listening to. Happier, where they're like, this is how you subscribe to a podcast. (laughs) By, like, episode five or six, they were like, so we're going to put this... This, this little blip at the end of our show is going to tell you how to do this, which is, I mean, it's 2015. They've been, podcasts have been like a thing for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, not a huge thing. I think there's been steady growth, um, especially with right. the it's- advent of the, the smartphone and internet connectivity and cars. And it's just more, it's such another form of on-demand entertainment. Right. And even with YouTube and like video podcasting. You know, like Watch the Thrones, for example, has is both. You can download yeah, I've it. never watched. Neither the... have I, but you know, they're always like, you know, some people. We always forget some people aren't watching this on YouTube, but if you were, you would see this. And I'm like, I must be lying. There's no way that dude's really doing that right now. You know, but never taken the time to actually go find out for sure. But yeah, I don't know what percentage of people are actually podcast listeners. You know. I, I think I read somewhere it's like twenty percent. I was gonna but say I don't it know. can't be more than thirty percent of people. I don't know any of those twenty percent of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know hanging like, out with the wrong people. We know like ten people, and we're the only two people that listen to podcasts. So that's about twenty percent. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the um, math works out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, I don't. Um, I know we kind of disagree on not disagree. But you have more of like a preference for podcast length than I do. Like when I when I download a yeah. podcast and I see that it's like, I mean this is atypical, but if I see a Tell Him Steve Dave episode and it's two and a half hours, I'm like, heck yeah, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. no. and I, but I can see how because a lot of people, I'm sure, or whoever does listen to podcasts when they do, it's mostly while they're commuting, probably right. thirty minutes to an hour. It is mostly while I'm commuting, which is about 45 minutes, and that's the ideal length for a podcast for me. Yeah. But that's the one thing that makes like listening to the Nerdist podcast a little bit harder, is they're usually an hour. And so like for me to go back and listen to the last 15 minutes of that podcast is difficult for me to do. I don't know why, because I feel like once I've gotten out of the car and I've moved on, um, like... I want to move on to something else when I get back into the car and start something new, get excited. Unless like it's something that I feel like there's a lot of the interviews that I listen to that are super, super interesting. And I just can't wait to, you know, get back in the car and listen to that last 15 minutes or more because sometimes they do go over an hour, but, or a lot of times they do. But, um, for the most part, like I'm just done. I don't get the end of it. You know? Yeah. It's funny. Cause I just, yeah, you just whenever I get a chance, I'm listening to a podcast, whether I'm cleaning the kitchen or mowing the lawn or 
whatever. Well, if I did gym. more chores, <laughs> if I did more chores around the house, then I'm sure that I probably would listen to more podcasts. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's your limitation. <laughs> it, it probably is. The I major do stumbling to, block. It is a major stumbling block. I probably should, you know, adopt that more. Maybe like as a like I'm not allowed to listen to a certain podcast unless I'm listening to it while I'm cleaning something. And then I probably would get a lot more done. You should get on that. I should. <laughs> well, uh, add that structure. Yeah. You need to some sort of, some form of accountability. Um, but, you know, I guess, I mean, I, I wrote some questions just, you know, in thinking about podcasts and prepping for this segment, I guess. Um, is, you know, like, what do you, what do you think that podcasts add to our life? Like, your life, my life, both of them together. And I mean, there's a lot of ways that... I mean, as a form of entertainment, I really enjoy um, podcasts. But I think just a lot of information that I otherwise wouldn't seek out, or like Lexicon Valley, like I would never... Right, you never would get the etymology of words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I mean... Between podcasts and Twitter, that's where I get all my news. Like, I don't, I don't really look for news anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I live in a and little I just, bubble. I like hearing um, opinions of people who I've come to, like you said, you know, kind of come to trust. And um, I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, I think that they add in a lot of ways for us is it gives us like another thing to talk to and bond over, which, you know, after being married for 13 years. Oh, you got it right this time. You are a jerk. <laughs> I usually get it right. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> anyway, you know, like, it's not like you run out of things to say, but it's always nice to have some new stuff, you know? Like, I don't... It's, like, nice to have more. It's just... You know, yeah, to, I think, that I get excited to come home and be like, oh, I heard this today and this was interesting and maybe you should listen. And Yeah, I think, I mean, that for listening to podcasts and then, you know, us just doing this podcast is also yeah something to do together and something to encourage at least a little bit of critical thinking, which I, I typically won't do. I'll just kind of plow through I think, I'm sure I said it before I'll just kind of plow through things enjoy them and move on yeah but, and so do I so um but on the opposite end of that how do you think they maybe like take away if at all um I don't know I don't really miss anything see I I don't listen to as many audiobooks I'll I would rather and I have some like Stacked up, up. Yeah. that you know. That, um, yeah, I'm not a huge audiobook. And you never person. have been, but you know. I mean, I, I definitely listen to less music, but that's okay with me. Yeah. See, I don't know if I feel like that's okay with me. Because I still um, do listen to music, but yeah. I don't really know when, but it happens. <laughs> right, but I I like being. I feel like um, I'm sacrificing one thing or, or for the other. Like I try to stay on top of podcasts a little bit but at the sacrifice of me staying on top of new music which is something that I do enjoy and like sort of keeping abreast of and you know um, definitely less good at that now um, I think it takes away from a lot of my my regular reading time too though 
Like I just, maybe I'm listening to podcasts or interested in podcasts or something that I heard on a podcast instead of sitting down and reading a book, you know? Um, I'm, not po I'm not sure if that's just because my life has gotten a little bit busier in other ways that, you know, but I don't know. But I don't think overall that it's like a, that it's like a detractor to, to like have this new form of information and entertainment at your yeah. disposal. Mm. I was just wondering what you thought about that. Well, and now I know. Yeah, I wouldn't give them up. <laughs> but like, so, how do you want our podcast to improve, be more like other ones that you listen to? Like, what's the takeaway from like your favorite podcasts that you sort of want to bring to ours? Um, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I think structure-wise, our, our podcast kind of pulls from the stuff we've listened to on a regular basis already. Um, uh, you know, if, if we had um, more time, I would definitely like to uh, find ways to grow the podcast by some creative means, you know, um, and I obviously haven't given it much thought or we would have probably already tried mm -hmm. something, but, um, I don't know. Did you have any ideas on? Yeah. I mean, and I think I've talked to you about this before, you know, just like making it more personal and about us, which I think we're trying to do. And we've definitely incorporated it, at least in this recording session, just talking about what we've done for the week and what's going on in our lives. And, you know, just, and I want to like have that more sort of comfort was me talking into this big microphone sitting in front of me. That's sort of like a, a scary thing that gives me anxiety. Um, but like, I want to get better at that. So like, I would say, you know, better at critical thinking and like being able to organize my thoughts on the spot um, a little bit more, obviously learning to prep a little bit better and able to do that and comfort and, and um, I think just more of, of our a more personal approach. Like yeah. I feel like, I feel like we're awesome people. So, <laughs> I mean, I know other people don't necessarily agree, but I like us. And so, right. you know, I feel like maybe if we were just more ourselves and bringing more of our, our personal stuff would just be help with my comfort. Yeah. And that, and also we've talked about this, but just consistency, like, uh, yes, consistency, for getting sure. a schedule, maybe even moving to more of a weekly thing, um, which would require commitment and lots of effort. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which to this point we have had, <laughs> we Effort? just need more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So did you have anything else on podcasts or? No, that was a fun little talk though. Yeah. I liked that. What, uh, what's your notable this week? Okay. So I, one of the things that I got to watch this week while we were, while I was home, I think maybe it was, was I home with Jake one day when he was sick or anyway, I had a day off midweek or a couple of days off and 
note, my notable for the week is um, the documentary series Chef's Table, and I, I can't, I should have written the director's name down, but it's the same director who did Jiro Dreams of Sushi, which we watched together, and it was really good. Um, but it's a doc, documentary series, Six Chefs, and like it sort of gets to the to the question of you know what makes a chef a great chef and um, I feel like the chefs that they chose to speak to were very candid about their their story and their um, journey as a chef and how they got to where they are and why they do what they do and it's all for different reasons it's not all just for you know like, I just love food and the art of food, you know, they're all, it's all different and they're, you know, so it takes six famous chefs and, um, the, the filming is fantastic. The music is great. The, the photography, cinematography, whatever, you know, the, the directing, I mean, it's just beautifully done and gorgeous to watch as well as like really, um, captivating to to listen to the stories of these people and makes you I mean if even if you're not interested in food which I am but you know like it, it's just um a, a real good look at people and you know um so anyway it's on Netflix and it's awesome it's called Chef's Table um so I recommend and I know that you haven't had a chance to watch any of it but you really should go back and, and take a look at those and so should everyone. So have you watched all of them? Yeah, I've watched them all. I mean, I'll go back and do do them again if you want, or at least bits and pieces. If you put them on, I'd be excited to see, yeah. you know, some of that, that stuff again because it it's fascinating and um, I don't know. Yeah, we're big food people anyway. Yeah. It or at least we really, like eating. What it really made me, it really made me think about like where my food comes from, which is not necessarily the intention of, of the, of the whole documentary series, right. you know, it's it, been becoming more important to us anyway. Just yes. You know, shopping at the farmer's market. I mean, it's hard to do because, you know, we're not made of money and buying local f- food and healthier food options and, Things like that is is more expensive, you know, especially when it comes to like meat and poultry. But you know, eventually making that switch would be really, um, I think, beneficial to us in the long run. But you know, um, we'll get there. But just um, you know, where food comes from, or how I how I want to experience my food, and it's. I don't know. It's it's really just cool. So, what about you? What's your notable? Is it fun? <laughs> no, nope, I'm trying to avoid that word at all costs. <laughs> Both um, of those words. Yeah. No, mine it's was smart. It's fun. I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine was, you know, speaking of the Indoor Kids podcast. Um, I think they just had their 200th episode, uh, and the person they had on um, was talking about how. He was super into gaming, and then, uh, you know, back in whatever, 96, he just kind of realized that gaming was kind of taking this trajectory that wasn't for him. Um, And 
you know, he's kind of come back to it over the past few years. And, um, but as he comes back into it, he's not like getting into the call of duty and all the Xbox PS4, you know, high tech, super realistic game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they, uh, there are a lot of, I think maybe major companies, but also independent like video game developers who are coming up with these, um, kind of throwback sort of games like eight bit, um, video games. And one of them, one of this, this guy's favorite recent ones is, is called shovel Knight. And so I personally really enjoy, um, those old kind of games like super Mario brothers is right up my alley. You know, you, uh, you don't really have to to do all these quests, you know, (laughs) you don't have to figure a lot of stuff out except for like how to beat these levels. And, um, you know, I, I kind of filed it away and decided to maybe kind of check it out someday. And then I think I brought it up to Courtney, our oldest. No, we were talking about it in the kitchen, you and me. And he heard in the other room and he went, did someone say Shovel Knight? Yeah. turns out we have it. We bought it for him on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, we, I say we, but I, I tried it yesterday uh, and it is super fun. It's um, fun for me to watch, yeah. which is what I do with video games. Yeah. The... <laughs> I mean, the music is fun. It's it's just very kind of old the, style the, video game. The scrolling games. dialogue is, is cute and campy and definitely yeah. yeah. And you know, it feels feels a little less good to have your twelve year old son condescending to you while you're trying to figure out the game. But <laughs> you know, uh, we made it past that, and so so that's my notable. And there's I'm sure plenty out there that. Um, I could try and enjoy which, um, you know, I, I've kind of, maybe you could play while you're listening to podcasts and double up. Yeah. The, uh, while I'm cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks. No, um, for me. <laughs> but you know, I think it kind of opened up maybe a new door for me to, um, find some other games that are kind of like that, that I, I kind of assumed maybe weren't being produced anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, you can share them with Courtney because he loves that kind yes, of game too. He loves to play video games. He always wants me to play with him and I he never want to play. He likes Nintendo style games. Like he he's does. like, I don't need anything but this Wii U. You know, for a long time he wanted a right. Xbox or PS4 or whatever, but now he's like, meh, those games not that great for me like I like my DS and I like the Wii and that's good enough which is cool so so that was it though um so I guess that'll wrap up this episode of Geek Chew um typical stuff you know if you want to get in contact with us we're at Geek Chew on Twitter we have our Gmail address which is geekchew at gmail.com um uh, the podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, please, if you do listen and subscribe, rate, review. Yes, all those things. Um, Just do it. It only takes like a second. <laughs> I would be so happy to see one rating. 
even if it was like a, this sucks so bad, at least someone like took the time. That would be less exciting. It would be less exciting, but I'm just saying like, you know, we, someone hated us enough to say, (laughs) yes, (laughs) like that means we're making an impression. Excellent. I don't know. I'm trying to look on the bright side. Please, please, yeah, just say nice things. That's all. Don't make me cry. So, is that it? I think that's it. All right. Keep on geeking on.